Hey everybody, uh, welcome. Here we are. It's uh, Wednesday afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, Juanita. How are you today? Hi, Mark. Very well, thank you. Yes, I, I didn't get to where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to where I was going, so I'm parked on the side of the road here under a tree somewhere, just hoping okay. no trucks come past and knock me off the we side. We can of the adapt. Street. We are we are versatile. That's right. We have the technology. So um, anyway, great to have you here today. And today we're going to talk about. The Dear Mary letter, and I mean, uh, to be perfectly honest, the Dear Mary letter has probably been the, the mainstay of, of how we've helped people for the last 20, 20 or more years. Uh, you know, in fact, most people would prob probably know me as the Dear Mary man. But um, <laughs> basically what it is, and Moneta, and you do a similar sort of uh, thing in regard to final wishes and mm. and so on, but basically the whole concept of the Dear Mary letter is is... It's the letter that you'd leave behind uh, when the worst happens and when the unexpected happens is that you'd never leave anything left unsaid. And, uh, and that's the mantra I like to think about with this is that what you've done is you've thought about it, you've, you've docu documented uh, the things you'd like to say and you'd want to make sure nothing was left unsaid to those that are uh, left behind. So your thoughts on this topic, Nina? Yeah, I think there's a, a, a few reasons why you might uh, use such a document and uh, if I go through a couple the first is that uh, some of the things you might want to put in your dear Mary letter are wishes and directions and um, thoughts I guess and they aren't necessarily uh, legalities that should be that are in your no. will so it's it's more appropriate to have them outside your will etc than than inside your will um, secondly, it's important to remember that um, quite often wills, if they, uh, um, if probate is obtained in the matter, could could become a public document. So there are things also that you you may not want to be public, and uh, for that sure. reason, um, and don't worry, everyone. That doesn't mean your wills are all going to be be public and, and in the local paper. But um, there are some things that aren't appropriate to be public and a more private or um, personal directions and, and advice. So um, there are just a couple of reasons why um, this letter that we call the Dear Mary letter is very useful. Sure. Look, I guess that uh, its origins were uh, back in the day when we first started using this, it was all about, and I'm sorry for my camera shaking inside, it's difficult here, but, but the, the reason we put it together was, so as I said, nothing would be left unsaid. So that effectively... Uh, it was your way of saying, you know, hey, honey, look, I'm sorry, I'm not here anymore, but these are the things that you need to know. So yeah. it's all the yeah. it, it's a, all the non-legal things that you're trying to yeah. to help those that are left behind with, and it'd be like, you know, these are the people you need to to, mm. uh, uh, to these are the people you can trust, and and we actually used to put down these are the you know we get people to write down who don't you want your family taking advice from because mm -hmm. you know we've all got a well-meaning Uncle Harry or you know Aunt Frida or something like that. And whilst they will may be well-meaning, uh, we know that if we're not around, we wouldn't want them control. You know, giving our children advice on financial issues and and things like that. So yeah, uh, I can see you busting to say something. Yeah, so, so. yeah, like oh, that's that's so true. <laughs> and so um, from you know from experience, personal experience, and also seeing my clients, you know, often when one part, yeah. person passes away, the other is at, at a bit of a loss where to find everything and who to speak to. So this is just giving them that uh, that advice and direction in a time that is otherwise really difficult. And, and we're also not talking to necessarily just 
leaving um, the letter to the people that you leave behind, your family members. But it's also useful, and we'll get to that shortly, no doubt, Mark, to leave some direction to the people who are your executors and your trustees and your guardians of your children. Um, so it's not just a um, pouring the heart out to those you leave behind. It's also got some very practical usage, um, use in that way. Sure. We used to start off with, uh, <coughs> excuse me, like a list of all the professional advisors because it's... Mm. Um, I used to do a lot of work in the motor industry, as you know, and mm. you know, and uh, a lot of times the spouses would know where the dealership was, but that's about as much as they knew. Mm. And uh, and so you know, we'd get we'd get the the uh, the guys to to write down who their accountant, their solicitor, their financial planner, their insurance guy, you know, who are the who are the um, people that they should take advice on, who sh from you know, as I say, who should they avoid. Uh, if they want to sell real estate, who should they talk to? If they want to sell the dealership, who should they talk to? Mm, mm. Uh, all, all those sorts of things. Because when when one partner dies, the, the rest of the family suffers what I call emotional paralysis. And, um, and it's just a paralysis, in, not just emotionally, but in all areas. And, and you can't be expecting your, your spouse, your kids to be sitting down, rifling through your you know your office filing cabinet or mm. your, your, your desk or whatever, trying to work out who they should talk to and... Mm. who they should trust so you know you're absolutely right the dear mary letter you know in its entirety is way more than just a hey honey i'm sorry i'm gone and i love you and i miss you um or you, you probably miss me he's not missing them but um uh you know it's all those things on top of that and we'll we'll dig into it a bit deeper in a minute but mm. things like your funeral instructions you know where mm. you want to be buried and, and all those sorts of things uh mm. what you'd want them to do and what we have a, a tool called the first 90 days uh, you know, what do they need to do immediately? What do they need to do in the first week and, and so on? So uh, it, it's it's a very deep letter and it's really hard to get people to fill it out, I've found over the years. You know, I've, like all my clients will know I've harped onto them about getting it done and and most of them struggle. And, and that's because mm. uh, emotionally to write the letter, You've got to put yourself in a place where you're imagining you're gone. You're, you're dead and you're writing to the, everyone left behind. And people just struggle to do that. Yeah, and that's correct. And also um, there's a different type of person that's got all those things in their head but haven't, haven't put it down on paper. And, um, you know, I know from um, my own family experience that um, in the past having organised a funeral, some you you we didn't know what music the person loved. And so when the celebrant asks, you know, what pieces of music would you like to play? Wow, I wish I'd asked that question before. And, and you know, we hadn't. So that's another example of the sort of thing that you, you know, you might want to you put down on paper just to make things a little bit easier um, for those that are left behind. Well, absolutely. And, I, you know, I've told the story a million times before, but uh, one of my clients in uh, rural New South Wales passed away last year and, and you've heard the Aram Lily story before and I mean I was able to, to we'd, we'd recorded that uh, the lady who passed away wanted Aram Lilies on her coffin I had no idea what Aram Lilies were when I wrote it down in front of her we but um, yeah. we, we certainly do now and we had the music for when people came in when people were leaving and uh, and you know what at the end of the day the, the, the husband and, and the kids they remember more about the fact I knew what flowers she wanted on a coffin and what the music was than probably all the, the hundreds of thousands of dollars we saved by setting up with you guys the testamentary trusts and those sorts of things. So, mm. uh, yep. you know, yep. it's, the, it's the human elements often 
in estate planning, which are way more important than the uh, uh, than the other matters when it comes mm. to someone actually dying. I mean, obviously both sides are are important, but when people are going through emotional paralysis, having a list of what they need to do, who they need to talk to, how to organise the funeral, where people want to be buried, do I want to be buried, cremated, yep. all those sorts yeah. of things. They're, Absolutely. They're yeah. Yeah. There's, the, there's the truck. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and so um, I, if we wanted to uh, to move on to a few different things that we can put in the Dear Mary letter, it's it's obviously useful sure. um, in the situation where you have nominated guardians of your minor children, for example, if both parents were to pass away. So um, perhaps we can talk about the sort of things that you can you can put in um, the letter in that respect. Um, obviously, these are things. Well, not obviously, but these are things that aren't really appropriate to go in your will. But the type of things that you might want to um, tell the guardians or the future guardians of your children um, are things like what your beliefs are as far as uh, or wishes as far as where you would like uh, your children to be educated and, and how you would like them to be educated. Is there a, a school that you, you went to that you'd love them to go to or, you know, is it your wish that they have funds available to them to study whatever they wish to study? Um, mm you might want to put um, that things such as your beliefs as far as religion goes, that, you, you know, you, you'd like them to be brought up in this faith. Uh, you might be a, a mad sports fan. You might want them to, um, you know, you'd love them to have access to all cultural and sporting activities that they, that they um, can be made available to them as they grow up. You want up. them to have your... You want them to have your Broncos season pass. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> could be, could be. <laughs> if it was my child, it would be Penrith, but that's okay. Um, you might want to tell the guardians that there's existing family um, that you want them, the children to remain close to. So you want them to encourage and facilitate ongoing communication with, with their grandparents or their aunties or their cousins, etc. So they grow up uh, with those connections. Uh, you might want to make sure that they have funds available for them for um, school holidays or for travel or for those sort of things. And, and obviously, you know, med medical uh, health, maintenance, that, that sort of thing goes without saying. But they're just a, a snapshot of the, the type of things that you, you might want to put down on paper to let your guardian know if you're not here or let the guardian of your children know that if you're not here, this, yep. is, this would be your wishes as to how they are brought up in your absence. Absolutely, and the guardians would be looking for that sort of direction as well. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's very important that you do do that to to allow the people that you're entrusting with your children uh, when life goes on. And, and you know, look, it just keeps getting back down to the fact that it's very difficult, very difficult to write these notes for people. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget this one particular Holden dealer over in Western Australia somewhere who shall remain nameless, but uh, he rang me basically in the middle of the night because he was in Perth and um, so wasn't so late for him, but it was for me. And um, and he was swear he was using some of the best words I'd ever heard, swearing at me. And he said, you know, you so-and-so, he said, I'm sitting here, I I've written this letter. He said, it's got tears all over it, and uh, but I got it done. And uh, and, and that's really what, what happens when people write the, the words, you know, apart from all the practical things we've been talking about, the, mm. the words they want to leave behind for their children. Because, you're, as I say, you're sitting there, you're in a position where you've... Um, You've got to assume you've died and you're, and you're writing to those left behind knowing that they'll be grieving. And so what I've uh, done to, to make it a little easier these days is uh, 
certainly what I do. I, for a few times, uh, I do this once a year now, and uh, for a few times I've uh, recorded it on the iPhone. So I've just spoken mm. to the iPhone recording it, but I, I just got sick of seeing myself crying in a video. So <laughs> and now, okay. now I just re- I just record it on, um, uh, in audio and mm. upload it to the vault where we keep all the, you know, all our clients' uh, stuff. And, um, you know, Gabriel, my BA knows that if uh, anything happens to me, uh, she knows to go grab those audio files and, uh, uh, and you know, they'll be for the for the people they're supposed to be for. And I'm just mm. going to say here too, what Ada and you, you would have experienced this, and I, I certainly have in, in the last couple of um, families where someone has passed away, you know, I've watched, I've watched in, in uh, the family in, in close to, uh, this is, I'm saying this in a good way, they're close to an obsessive way. Uh, they just keep playing the voicemail. Uh, they keep ringing oh. the deceased phone number just to hear their voice. And, um, uh, and I remember one child where she'd changed phones or something and put a SIM card in a different phone and she lost, she lost the last message that dad had uh, left her before he died. Mm. And, and, she was distraught for months that um, that she couldn't get back that conversation her dad had left on her uh, on, mm. on her message bank, and so these sorts of recorded messages and people are people are grasping at at connections uh, to be able to hear the voice, and 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 so that's a great it's one of the greatest gifts you can leave your family is to actually you know just say some things uh, say words you'd never want left unsaid and uh, mm. record them so that uh, the family's got that when you're gone. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, very sentimental, obviously. I, I would add to this, though, for our listeners, that um, you need to be careful what you say in such a um, video and, and make sure that you perhaps get the that direction um, to assist you with that or just sort of if you're passing on personal messages, then that's fine. But um, fun fact sure. is that the, the court has found wills um, to be wills recorded on devices yep. so on a video or on a on a on a phone for example so what we don't want here is for someone to make a recording and then by default have made a new will and that's a whole new topic which is um, it's not as easy as that um so you know that's a very simplistic sure. view but it has happened and so um we don't want to we don't want people to go down that path and be recording um the way they wish their estate to be left but it's certainly a great way to 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 pass on those personal messages that you that you know that you wish you'd said um, before you pass yeah. away. Mm. Yeah. Look, absolutely. Yeah. My my inference there is that um, uh, what I, what I record is the the loving, caring things that I want my kids That's to right. hear. So yep. if I keep talking, I'll get ulterior again. But it, it oh, really is recording the you stuff. You don't that want that. Family <laughs> family to hear, your kids to hear, and so on. So yeah. it's the personal things, not the. Uh, Certainly not how you want your estate distributed, but just that's um, right. You know the things you'd want uh, personally mm. passed on. And mm. and look, I'm, I'm going to just put this up on the bottom here. We have created a, a website where you can you can dive in. It's just called uh, the dearmaryletter.com, and you can dive into that uh, website. And uh, now remember, it's not www. It's just the dearmaryletter.com, uh, and you can dive in there and you can download. Uh, uh, a couple of the documents and uh, a recording I've done on how to um, how best to go about uh, putting your dear Mary letter together. So mm. there you go. So I'll put that up for people who are interested in, in having a look at a bit of an example there. And we we'll use some examples in the video 
as well as, as you know what might be valuable to to have left behind for people. Yeah. And there's, there's also a few other sort of um, uses for documents outside your will that, Mark, as you know, that we utilise. And, and again, I, I preface it by, um, by saying make sure that you, you're doing this with guidance because what we don't want is to be creating new will documents that, that make your, your previous um, will revoked. That, that's sort of sure. very dangerous territory. But what we often will do is uh, a couple of things. So the first one is um, perhaps a list of, of items or personal effects or household contents that you may wish to be distributed between your family. Um, you obviously, well, not, again, not obviously. I, I should stop saying obviously because it's not obvious to everyone, and nor should it be. But <laughs> not you don't, you don't want to put in your will a list of every fork and spoon and um, tea towel and and whatnot. That's sort of being um, at the extreme and uh, where it's going to go to. So for for household contents and personal effects. It is often useful to have a separate list which uh, is kept with your will, which lists who you might want those things to go to, and it's possible to update that at any time. Um, so uh, a very useful little document. Obviously for um, things of particular monetary value or sentimental value, we would recommend those gifts go into your will so there's absolute clarity. But yep. for anything else, useful to, to document that in a list of personal effects. Uh, another document um, that we will often use, we've already spoken about the letter uh, of wishes to guardians. Um, for clients that have testamentary trusts set up in their wills, we will um, always recommend that, uh, uh, well, in most circumstances, that a letter of wishes be made which goes to their executors and or trustees after their death. And so that... Um, in a nutshell, and we can get further into it, basically gives some direction to the, the trustees, that's the person that controls those testamentary trusts, as to uh, what your wishes are um, as to how those funds are used and, and the way the trust is managed because these trusts are discretionary for good reason, but there's certainly um, uh, value in putting on paper what your intentions are and why you've set up that trust and what is what is your your wishes for um, what the funds are used for and how the trustee acts in certain uh, in certain events and situations. No, very good. The um, uh, I think I mentioned earlier too. There's a couple of areas we, we have a thing called the a, a document called the Leave Well Communique, which ties in with the dear Mary letter, which is all about setting up to make sure you do leave well. In other words. Uh, mm. You know, what do you want in regard to your funeral arrangements? Where do you want to be buried or cremated? Uh, you know, we've got one client, for example, who wants their ashes spread across all of their favourite places they visited around the world. So, you know, mm -hmm. he wants his wife to visit all those places again and drop off 20% of his ashes in the, in the Maldives or, you know, wherever yep. other places. So, but, but they're things that, look, if, if that's what you want to happen, then, you know, record it, put it down, who you want... Uh, giving the eulogy who you want carrying the coffin i mean mm. all those sorts mm. of things mm. you know that they're a they're a stress to uh your family that are left behind because they're mm. going through all the grief they're going through all these other issues and then uh you know they're expected to to know what you would have wanted in all these areas and mm. uh, i often use the analogy you know when you die you can't just go and put a usb in your head and sort of download all the stuff that you were thinking about telling everyone else you know you no. need to get this stuff sorted and downloaded first and uh, and uh, one of the other tools we use uh, 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 I mentioned the first 90 days uh, 
it's, it's just a concept I came up with after another experience with one of our clients. And I just think it's so important to help give people a bit of direction, what they need, like to set up a list, a, a checklist for them and say, okay, well, this is the stuff you need to do straight away. You know, this needs to be done within the first week, you know, organising the funeral, all those sorts of things. And then, and so on. And you go through, basically, I go through three months, 90 days with people. And at the end of it, uh, I, I ask them to write down, uh, you know, to, to suggest that the spouse or the family go away, have a bit of a holiday, whatever they they need to do with clothes in the house and all those sorts of sad things. But, but you know, one thing which um, has made a difference, I think, for some people is, is writing down that you give permission for your partner to move on with their life after, you know, after an appropriate time and after they've grieved. That um, because I've seen, fam you know, I've seen situations where you know one person's died and the other person uh, feels like they they can't get on with their life. They, um, you know, they, they they can't move on again. They can't date or they can't do anything else because you know they wouldn't want. They they didn't think the other person would ever want that. But I mean, you know, the truth is for most people. And this is worth talking about because I think for most people they would want their partner to be happy. And I think if you can if you can actually say to them as part of these documents, you know, come on, I want you to be happy. I need you to get on with your life, and uh, and I want you to have happiness. If mm. you say that, I, I think that helps the people that are left behind. Mm, absolutely. Uh, as you were talking, another thought jumped in my mind that sometimes people will ask, as it does, as it always <laughs> does. Uh, should they document reasons why perhaps they've left someone out of their will, um, which is a you know common common occurrence, um, and I, I think it depends on the circumstances, quite frankly. But there there may be value in doing that. I don't feel there's value in putting it in the will for some of the reasons I said before, but um, there may be value in in documenting that in a separate document in case something happens down the track and, and someone contests your will and that information may be useful um, when resolving that matter down the track. Uh, it, it shouldn't be a, a, a vessel to vent and say nasty things about people. It, it just should be no. potentially um, a very, um, or just giving clarity as to the, the, the reasons why you decided to leave your estate in that way. But um, again, something that needs to be done with, with some guidance. Um, Mark and, yeah, I, I, I was just going to say, you know, I, I mean, the truth is those sorts of things, if, if you're going to have issues where someone may contest the will or the, mm. if it's going to be a surprise for someone when they turn up to the will reading and they've been excluded, um, mm. my take on that is they're the conversations you need to have while everyone's still alive yes. uh, because that's yeah. going to circumvent wills being contested and so on. and. Communic you know, we go back to conversations yeah. we've had before. Communication Absolutely. is the biggest issue in regard to this whole process. And if you've got, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the word when uh, one child's not with the family anymore? Black um, sheep? Well, yeah, no, black estranged. sheep. Or, or estranged. So, yeah, I knew it was a big word starting with E, <laughs> but I couldn't remember it. Um, if you've got estranged children or relationships, uh, I mean, these seriously are conversations you need to have now. Mm. Uh because when you're gone, that's where the, an estranged child lawyer, lawyer will turn up and all of a sudden there'll be a fun fight on and, um, you know, the will will be mm -hmm. contested. So, so mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, you know, all very well to say leave it in the document and that's fine, but I think you should be having the conversation earlier. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, and that, um, that harks back to almost every conversation we've, we've had on these 
um, live sessions, Mark, about the value of communication. Um, and, you know, it seems to be a recurring theme, doesn't it, in, in every topic that we talk about. Um, one thing I thought would be useful to add to our, for our listeners is, is when you were speaking about um, cremation and funeral wishes, etc. a lot of people will ask me what happens if I don't have that documented or, or don't have that in the will. And the answer to that is that your executor has the final say or the final decision um, as to those those arrangements. So uh, they may or may not know what your wishes are in that respect. Hopefully they do. Uh, but if they don't, that will be that'll be the executor's final decision. And I would add one point there that you that you are yeah. unable to be cremated against your wishes. So I would say to clients that if that is your particular um, wish or desire then it's useful to document that again so oh, and communicate it again so that avoids any um any issues or disputes or unpleasantries down the track if there's anything people are very definite about it's uh, people that don't want to be promoted isn't it you know they, that's right yeah yeah some people have an absolute fear of um or you know in their mind they they just very definite that they just want to be buried and uh, mm. And, you know, if you haven't told anyone or if you haven't written anyone down, it makes it very hard for everyone to be a mind reader when you're not around. So that's just mm -hmm. why it's so important. And, I mean, we can have all these documents. Juanita, we can have all these conversations until the cows come home. But, I mean, you know, I just hope we're encouraging and motivating people to say, okay, you know, take something from this. And communication, you're absolutely right. Communication is the key to all this stuff. I mean, you you need mm -hmm. to have the conversations with your family and, uh uh, and, you know, most times having a facilitator uh, will help that conversation because, you know, you may not always know all the questions to ask or all the forms to fill out or all the information. Mm. It's going to be very valuable. But, but communication <laughs> absolutely is a key and uh, and procrastination is a killer. So, you know, not, not communicating is just the fact that you're procrastinating about it because you feel invincible. You feel like, yeah, we'll get to it one day. We don't feel sick. We feel healthy. And. Mm. And I'm going to tell you, in all the presentations I do when I talk about the people that we've worked with that have uh, passed away and I read out the list of uh, uh, names in the webinar we do, for example, none of those people died of old age. Uh, they all died as, as a, you know, it was a surprise. The death was a surprise. So, uh, you know, you, you can't just mm. sit around waiting until you get old to do this stuff. You need to, uh, you need to put this as a priority for you know, if you love, you care passionately about your family, this should be a priority for you. Mm, absolutely. I, um, I, you know, perhaps in the last couple of minutes we've got, I, I would like to add uh, another um, advantage of, of documenting those sort of directions that we spoke about, um, particularly to your executors and, and trustees. Uh, if you have a testamentary trust in your will, and we, uh, we uh, depending on the circumstances, uh, highly recommend testamentary trust for the advantages that they, they can give. But um, in some circumstances, you will have a person, a trusted person that will control that trust and, and assist your children if they are managing their trust to do so. And you are able to build in into those trusts um, uh, asset protection for situations where your child may uh, be exposed to insolvency or may um, be in a relationship breakdown, which is so quite common these days, or, or um, financially. And this letter is also a good opportunity to say to that trusted person that's going to be guiding or, or guiding your child, if they get into that sort of difficulty, this is who I would want to assist them or replace them as trustee of that trust. Um, so it yeah. just provides a bit of guidance down the track, uh, which will 
uh, help your usually your children in this circumstance manage their trust and and the people that are guiding them along the way um, yeah. without using technical words <laughs> <laughs> no 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 that's that's fine no once again it's uh, down to communication and uh, and you know getting it down and uh, and just helping you know it's it's probably one of the greatest gifts you can give to kids and and the spouse your spouse that's left behind it's just clarity around all these things that are really important and you know uh, for you uh, it's simple and you've got it all in your head you know what you'd want to happen um, but those left behind not so much and uh, it's just a great gift if you can uh, if you can write this down Juanita, thanks again today uh, it's a great topic dear mary letter is just one of the most important things one of the most important non-legal things i think uh, you can do for your family and uh, as so i put that link up before uh, the dearmaryletter.com just go there and you can download some stuff and uh, get some information as a video and so on and uh, uh, anyway thanks again Juanita and uh, a great thanks, topic Mark. and uh, good luck everybody see you next week thanks everyone